It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Are you currently in college or recently graduated but kind of struggling to figure out how to approach your post-grad life? If so, then I have the perfect guide for you, which I created for my college self in mind. That is the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success ebook, which features a holistic approach to all things starting out in your career during and after college, from cultivating the right mindset, building your resume, maximizing your LinkedIn profile and network, and so much more. I take you through a personal step-by-step guide on how to prepare for all areas needed when searching for a job. And these were actually many steps that I personally did between my sophomore and senior year of college, as well as the first year out of college. So I always highly recommend to start early to create opportunities for yourself. In this ebook guide, you will find cover letter tips and custom templates available for download, resume building steps with three custom templates LinkedIn tools and step-by-step guide on maximizing your profile, top 20 behavioral interview questions, and a lot more. Again, you can find this online at whatfulfillsyou.com. Just make sure when you click shop, just go to all products and you will find the ebook there or just go to the show notes and it will be linked. Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And on today's episode, I am bringing a solo one back from the vault, an episode that I actually released back in fall of 2021. And this one did really well with you guys. And I wanted to bring it back because I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I listen to podcasts, it's pretty rare for me to go back to older ones and so I actually really appreciate when certain podcast hosts actually bring back something that was really valuable and I, I was talking about this with a friend she actually doesn't love listening to reposted episodes but for me personally it's kind of like watching a YouTube video again or reading a book again or like reading a specific chapter of a book again that you could use as a reminder during that time and for me personally I actually have been listening to old episodes of mine whether it's an interview or a solo episode that I recorded specifically during a time that I was in a really good place because for me when I listen to what I was talking about at a really good time in my life it helps me tap into that energy and think about what was it that was making me be or act in a certain way that I really liked? And that's actually a question from my card game too. I often talk about imagining 
what does your best self look like? And I'm not trying to ask that in a cheesy way. I'm thinking, what what do you feel like? What do you look like physically? Your, your actual physical shape. Who are the people you're surrounding yourself with? What are you actually doing? Can you think of times in your life where you had those high moments where you were like, this was when I felt really good. I felt on top of the world. And I have this conversation a lot with one of my best friends, Harry, as well. We talk about certain times of our lives because he's been in my life as a best friend for like six or seven years now. And we think back to certain highs that he's seen me at, certain highs I've seen him at, certain lows for both of us. And so we're often heavily reflecting on what did that time period look like? What are some things we can do as individuals to recreate that energy again in our life and this episode topic was during a time that was a really great time for me i remember seeing a big shift and change in my personal life after tapping into this consciousness and awareness and so i hope whether you listened to this episode in the past before or not i am certain that this can bring some good value to you so with that being said let's dive into it so on today's episode i'm going to be diving into a concept that i have recently got into myself i guess maybe not so recent um by the time i'm recording and publishing this but it is something, I guess, maybe you could say in the last couple of months I've been looking into, um, especially because my friend Elia, who has been on this show, introduced me to the concept based on some of the things I've been working on and or have struggled with in the past. And he found this technique or mindful practice really helpful for him. So I felt like this was compelling to share with you guys. So as you can tell from the title, this is surrounding the topic of letting go. And it's almost counterintuitive, I guess, just from reading it. It's like, what do you mean to let go in order to get what you want or to actually get closer to the path that you desire? Well, first off, let me explain where this concept comes from. It is from Dr. David Hawkins, and I'm actually in the middle of reading the book Letting Go by David Hawkins, which is where a lot of the fundamentals are coming from, but a quick backstory as to why I even got into this in the first place. So as I mentioned, I learned this from my friend Elia, and it's always interesting because it's always, for me personally, always in moments of working through some sort of personal relationship or something in the room romantic sector and again um you know i share this openly just because a lot of what i share is often from you know many months ago so it's not recent but um you know i remember my friend and i we went on a long walk on the beach um during sunset and i was explaining to him just some of my mental blocks when it comes to the early phases of dating because today's culture is much different than it was back in the day and I personally think my approach is kind of hybrid. I'm a little bit traditional with my personal preferences with um, you know chivalry and how a guy should court you and that kind of thing and and remember like everyone has their own preference. I've already even I think when I post about this on IG stories on the podcast Instagram 
some of you guys have even responded and maybe had said like you don't believe in gender roles and all those things but again it's to each their own it's just a matter of like what you prefer and what you like and you know so all of that but um that was kind of the initial spark I think for me recognizing like how can I get over this mental block of what I continue to face and I think a more heightened block for that is when I have to deal with hard criticism or just um, extremely opposite of the spectrum type of criticism or, you know, conversations with a specific parent who uh, doesn't really know me for who I am um, for the reason that this person holds on to this idea of what I should be or what things should have been. And for that reason, I think there's a lot of uh, psychology to this, but you you, anyone can't see the the real raw true picture if you're still holding on to what you believe it should be so um, this person tends to perceive me in a very very different way than the people in my life that know me for who I really am so um, that always or not as much today than it you know has in the past years but um you know of course it still bothers me from time to time when you know of course just naturally it's like when someone is saying something to you about you that is just completely not just untrue but opposite of the spectrum of what and who you really are of course you want to say something back um within the moment and it's something my friend elia has taught me this is where he really brought it in during discussion because this person was calling me and was um, just saying a lot of irrational things. And he had mentioned to me that I should consider tapping into the Hawkins scale of consciousness, especially looking into the frequency I could be, uh, you could say, vibrating at. Now, before you guys go, okay, this is woo-woo shit, it, it really isn't because... I have looked into it myself and I'm very much in the process of it while Elia, my friend, had mentioned that it's not something you work towards, it's really something you can just tap into. So you might be wondering, okay, what fucking frequency are you talking about? Well, there is a graph called the Hawkins Scale of Consciousness and I would highly recommend it if you um, look at this, maybe pause the podcast right now, go and Google the graph Hawkins Scale of Consciousness and then come back and play this. But basically, it really is a scale that shows um, each emotion or feeling that we feel and the frequency we vibrate at when we are in those emotions and we are acting within that. So the bottom, I'm going to list everything, but I'll go quick. So bottom, starting from the very bottom, it starts with shame, then it goes to guilt, apathy, grief, fear, desire, anger, pride, and then it starts to slowly, you know, go up. So now we're getting close to the neutral state. Um, After pride, it goes courage, neutrality, willingness, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, and the last one is enlightenment. Now, if you're familiar with Maslow hierarchy of needs, it's kind of the same, except instead of it being like a hierarchy of needs, it's like a hierarchy of your level of consciousness and what you vibrate and give off into the rest of the world. And so enlightenment is, again, similar to hierarchy of needs where you reach the top. It's not only extremely difficult, but with enlightenment especially, you know, 
it's typically people like Buddha, Jesus, um, you know, of that nature that have reached that level. So it's kind of like ultimate consciousness. Um, and then kind of a little bit below it is peace, joy, love, and reason. So what Elia is referring to is that I should look into how I can tap into that love frequency and that joy like between those two so on that scale it's like between 500 and 540 and it's especially helpful when you need to balance it out because the person you are talking to is coming from a lower frequency such as grief and fear anger pride that kind of thing and that's what he observed is that and just to recap, this is um, pertaining to kind of like what I have to deal with, um, you know, kind of the familial environment. But this person tends to kind of come from a more fear-based frequency and that is at a constant level. So he's saying instead of stooping to their level and then, of course, inadvertently getting upset myself and getting aggravated... I can learn to lead with compassion and love. And when this person is speaking out of fear, just give them compassion and love because they don't know any better. And so something that I pondered for a bit and I was thinking, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. Um, I Because especially too, for me, I'm aware that in most times in my life, but especially with this particular situation has been ongoing for years now um you know mainly because of like cultural and generational differences I realized that I have a much better capacity to tap into the bigger person role and the more mature I guess parent role if you will and um and the, again the reason why I'm candid about this is, is because to my surprise even a lot of you find value in the fact that I share this with you guys because a lot of you have that struggle with your own life as well or maybe in your own parent um you know parent child dynamic and culture so um you know I'm just sharing from personal experience what I'm working through and so overall my personal goal is to constantly be in the love slash joy level of frequency which is of course you know very much up there close to enlightenment and it's, it's hard it's not easy to just always tap into that emotion of love and compassion but when you recognize what you're dealing with and who, the type of person you're dealing with and their framework you know it's it's much harder to jump from fear to love you know and I think it's funny too because I'm sure this person and, and in many different cases the person that you are talking to who is coming from a fear-based frequency they might be thinking oh I'm coming from love right but we all know especially with the conscious mind we know what love and compassion feels like and so you know for me I can just tell you can feel the fear. You can feel that in their tonality. You can feel it in the way they frame certain situations and certain outcomes. And my best approach has been approaching it with love because love will balance out fear and it will kind of meet halfway because love and fear are on the opposite spectrums. Now, I want to dive into the concepts I have realized from reading this book, Letting Go, 
and kind of beyond the scale consciousness because again now that I'm aware like okay this is something I can tap into something I can really adapt into my everyday life um, I wanted to know more I wanted to know more about what I tend to struggle with as well which is in particular about about this constant desire or drive to predict what's next or to know what's coming up next um, especially and probably at this point in my life only in personal relationships and when I say personal I, I mean like probably romantically only I don't really deal with this in friendships but just like romantic relationships I think is where it comes out in me so the first big lesson I've learned from reading this book is that when you desire something you subconsciously tell yourself you lack it and that you don't have it so let me repeat that when you desire or want something you subconsciously are telling yourself that you don't have it and as a result when we are subconsciously aware that we don't have something we act in a state of scarcity and we go into fear because when we think there's not enough of something we're scared to lose it or we're scared to not have it as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. So I want that to settle into your mind for a quick second. Let me repeat that. When you desire something, you subconsciously tell yourself you lack it and you don't have it. And as a result... We act in a state of scarcity and we go into fear. This always would occur if you are in the process of talking to a new guy and you start to realize you like him and you want him, you know, as a partner or whatever. You want to be exclusive or you want to see him consecutively, right? Whatever that could be. And then at that point, you subconsciously start to put him on a pedestal. You start to, you know, try to make time for him, maybe even if he's not doing the same for you, or you'll cancel or cut back on something just so you could make an effort to go see him, whatever that could be, right? You start to put this person on a pedestal because you're scared to lose this person or you're scared that this person will lose interest in you. So that's, 
I, I wouldn't say I have had that issue necessarily with like being scared of losing a person or whatever. But I think for me in my past, it's probably more about... It's probably more about maybe putting them on a little bit of a pedestal because then I always look back and I'm like, they weren't even that great. And there's definitely been a few that I'm like, okay, holy shit, not in an egotistic way, but I am and was too good for them. And maybe within that moment or at that time, I had no idea. But now looking back and be like, I can be like, okay, you, you were just too fucking good for them. And it's again, it's it's not in this like, oh, I'm hot shit. It's just really, you just start to see, okay, there were qualities that you have and they don't have and they just don't deserve someone with your qualities because they can't meet halfway, right? So this is for my ladies out there, don't fucking settle because deep down, you know that you are just too good. And if they wanna be with someone that's really good, like your level, then they better play up and play a, you know, bigger game. So I guess in essence here, the key is actually letting go of that desire to want to be with them. And this is something I have put into practice in the recent months. And let me tell you, it's been an actual game changer because it's funny too, it's a paradox, right? The paradox of getting what you want is actually letting go of the desire, in this instance, the desire to make it happen, the desire to want the relationship to go further, the desire to get the job, the desire to close the deal. And I'm going to dive into different aspects of life that this applies to, what, what I've realized and what I've applied in my own life. So, you know, like I said, the big awakening for me has happened within my romantic relationships or just anything within that realm because that's where I struggled the most with the letting go aspect. But ironically, when it comes to business and work, I ha- I think I just naturally tap into letting it, letting it go and, you know, taking action and, and making things happen for myself. But I'm not so structured in this way where I get rigid and flustered if it doesn't happen. I somehow kind of make way with another approach and I'm like, okay, great, it worked, you know? So I find that almost ironic because I am organized and structured in my business life, but I don't put so much stress on myself with work and the way I think about it compared to an early phase in romantic dating. So something else this book had mentioned is that ironically, the moment you let go, it comes to you. (laughs) Let me repeat that. Ironically, the moment you let go, it comes to you. I can give you multiple examples and I'm sure some of this will resonate with you. First one being men, dating, all that stuff. There's a saying, and I fucking love this saying, but it's like, they always come back. They always come fucking crawling back. And I remember, uh, what was this, like two years ago, um, I started talking to someone right after I had broke up with my ex and it was like pretty immediate. I'm talking like, it was pretty savage. It was like very close to the time I had broken up with my ex and it just happened organically. I definitely was not looking for someone 
but um, it just happened. And so I remember we talked for a while. We pretty much, you know, had a thing going for two months. And he moved on and kind of went on to date someone new within two months of us, um, you know, leaving things off, right? And I remember telling my friend Dana, who's also been on the podcast, I was like, dude, like, that's just so bizarre because, you know, X, Y, and Z. And she told me, like, Emily, it's so funny. They just always fucking come back. You just watch, right? Lo and behold, he did. Um, (laughs) To be transparent, I think he, like, tried to even while he was still dating that girl. I was very uncertain, you know. I I didn't really follow him at the time. I just remember checking if he was still dating the girl because I was like, why are you reaching out to me, you know? And, of course, with my values, that's very unattractive if you are reaching out to me while it still appears that you are still dating a person because then I'm like okay what the fuck that's just not cool you know so I never responded during that period but when I when I saw the messages from him I was like oh Dana guess who reached out and it was funny because we were just laughing because it happened you know about a year later or like eight months later And she's like, what do I tell you? And I remember at that time too, I was laughing because I had no interest in this guy anymore. And it was especially because I was like, dude, I'm just like, do good for you. Like I had way more to offer than you did. And you just weren't on the same wavelength as me, you know? And it's honestly was great that it never went through with anything. But it was, it happened in, in that way where I'm saying like, it comes to you when you let go. So obviously I didn't want that anymore. But in essence, too, hypothetically, had that person been actually truly more aligned for me and, you know, he was single and just had more similar values as me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then that could have possibly worked and I might have been interested to at least like start the conversation again. But that also goes in like professional and work, right? For me, I used to work in sales and I remember certain times I would have a mental block because I would want to close the deal really fucking bad. And I remember one deal was going to be a huge deal. And I called my friend, Mike Yu, another person that's been on the show. Mind you guys, everyone I talk about in reference, I like they always, they most likely have been on the show before. And that just shows you, I always bring on not only my high level friends, but just people in general that I have taken advice from as well and that's why I have them on the podcast because there's something that I've learned from them that is likely going to be valuable for you because you know I've learned from them and you know you guys can too but when it came to sales my friend Mike who's in my opinion stellar at sales he's an amazing closer he's just confident he knows how to get the job done and he told me Emily You just got to go and work on other deals because the key here is the less you want it, the more it will come to you. And I was like, but dude, I just want it for this month. He's like, I know, Emily, I've been there. But the key is actually letting go of your desire for the deal. And funny enough, I think, um, you know, him and I later on talked and I realized he had learned a lot from this scale, Hawkins scale of consciousness and the letting go aspect as well. So he's, he was already, um, you know, within that consciousness and awareness. And so I think that's why he was able to speak about it at that level. But also what I learned from this book as well is, and just in general, when you're so desperate to close a deal, the person on the other side can feel it, right? So looking back now, 
I'm sure the guy who I was talking to to try to close the deal, he probably could tell I was, you know, I sounded desperate or maybe my energy. You can just feel that vibe from someone. You can just tell when someone wants something really badly. And if you're on the other side too, which I think a lot of us have been on both sides of the coin, when you feel that desperate energy from someone, it's unattractive. Or I don't want to use the word desperate, but when you can just feel that someone is maybe just a little too ambitious going after something, right? Like just a little bit too ambitious for a deal. You can feel it and it can likely feel unattractive to you. So then you're going to want that deal less or you're going to want to work with that person less. And so again, it applies in both sales and marketing and any work, any kind of career, just any part of your job role, you can think of it in your own life. But also, of course, in relationships, especially romantic ones, where the less emphasis you put on getting in the relationship with that person, the more likely it will happen. And it's a fucking hilarious paradox because you have to let go of that desire because that's how you attract it. And that goes into my next point, which is about abundance and love. And... I find that if you come into any romantic setting and you come in with the approach of abundance, meaning not only you have an abundance of love to give, but you also know there's an abundance of love in the world, that person is going to feel that. And the belief of abundance within yourself and with the external world you're not going to be coming into that date or that conversation with fear. You're going to come into it with love. And love is, again, a very high level of consciousness and frequency, which is always attractive. And regardless of where your potential partner, what whatever place they're in, whether they're in a fear and lower-based level of consciousness, or they're also similar to you in a level of love and peace and joy either way you're either going to balance it out and then soon enough recognize that they're not at a high frequency enough to meet you at where you're at or you're going to match with that person and they're going to realize like damn this person is coming in with an abundance of love too like they're going to find that really attractive so that's what I've been working on and what I've been applying into my own life is Every day I ask myself, how can I show up in all of my relationships, in all of my actions, seriously, like every single thing, how can I show up with an abundance of love and joy and peace, of course, too, right? So for me, it's like maintaining the inner peace within me, but then just literally giving love because I have so much of it. And I know as well that When I show up in the world with more love, and sorry, I'm using this word so much in this episode, but when I show up in this world with more love and joy, I'm also going to help contribute to raise the frequency within humanity because we have to start somewhere and it's always a slow build, but when you bring that out, other people are going to feel it. 
it's going to balance them out in a way where it counters it because it raises them up or it helps even raise other people who are already close to your frequency because they're like even more thrilled that they're like surrounded by a energy and frequency that's higher than them so it helps uplift other people and nudge other people to be more loving and to be more joyful in their day-to-day life as well and I'll give a example that happened a few weeks ago I was walking I think um, in Chelsea in New York and I was just I don't know I think walking to get coffee or something it's like a weekend stroll and I remember this girl from afar, she was walking and she was just smiling and, you know, I see her, but of course I'm assuming, oh, she's not smiling at me. She's just, you know, smiling, having a good day. But I get closer to her as we're walking past each other and she looks at me and she just smiles. And I'm like, wow, that was so sweet. Like, I remember just, I instantly, I felt so much like joy after that. I smiled a lot to myself as well. And Ever since that moment, I made it a pact to myself to be really mindful about my expression when I walk because it can make someone's day just as her smile made my day. Just the way she smiled at me, she was just really warm and just kind of like doing her own thing, walked right past me, didn't really like say hello necessarily, but I just think her smile was like enough of a hello. And I, I just was like, okay, damn, you have to do that to other people as well because you never know. And so it reminds me of the same thing. She's, I could feel the love and joy from her just from the smile. And I could even do the same thing just with my own smile to other people when I walk around Manhattan. And especially with the city, everyone's always walking. Everyone's kind of, you know, always on a resting bitch face or whatever. And for me, I have a resting bitch face all the time. So I'm very aware that I can look kind of angry or serious to most people. And so I'm sure when I smile, it's probably a lot more pleasant. So I am working on that. And again, too, with that energy, it's contagious. So more people will want to be around you when you bring that level to each conversation or to each outing or, you know, to each meeting, whatever that could be. So when it comes to how I have shifted, especially after reading certain chapters of the book, in my romantic life, when I'm talking to guys, right, I always approach it with an abundance of love in a way where, let's say I want to send a text or I want to say something. In the past, I might have been scared to send something because why? I'm sitting and living in fear, I'm sitting in this consciousness of fear like, oh, is this too much? Oh, what are they going to think? Oh, if I say this, am I going to make them lose interest in me, right? But it's still a paradox. The idea is you got to let go of that desire of wanting to put up a certain way so that they don't lose interest in you because then you're always going to come in with this fear of losing something, meaning you're living in scarcity, when you could be living in abundance and showing up in abundance so what i do now is i just send the text or i just say whatever that is because why i'm saying it out of love and joy again right and what i mean by that is i'm abundant because i have enough and so If that person really is aligned with me in 
my frequency, my wavelength, whatever you want to call it, if they're really there with me, they're going to recognize that level of where I'm coming from as well. And they're not going to feel or think weird about it. They're going to be able to receive my level of energy. And there's actually something my friend Mike Yu said way back, I think on his very first episode that he was on the show, he had said something along the lines of how people cannot receive your energy if they're not on the same wavelength as you. So same thing, scale of consciousness. If you are acting constantly in the form of love or one of the higher level ones, someone who is still in pride or maybe like a neutral state, long term, they're not going to be able to receive your energy in the same way because you are just for layman's terms you're too advanced and of course too naturally with how many people in this world you you're going to be able to find someone that can meet you at your level and or bring you up even a little bit more and that's what we should all want for ourselves is someone that really uplifts and meets us at our level of frequency and you can feel that too you can feel You know, some people call it aura, some people call it a vibe, whatever. I use those terms too, but in this sciencey term, if you will, or spiritual term, I often use the word frequency or wavelength. And you can feel that when the vibe is off or just like the energy connection is off. And, or maybe sometimes it's really subtle. Maybe it's like because you're a little bit above, or maybe they're a little bit above. And so, just kind of from personal experience and a little bit of assuming I guess if you're only one or two levels off you could say I'm I'm sure there's like room to work with but if you know you're again if you're coming in with a love and someone is still down in this like fear based level it's very hard to connect with that person and they're not going to be able to receive your abundance of love because they don't know what abundance is and the last concept I really want to share because it's about the level of being and it's something I emphasize a lot in my life as well it's the difference between having and doing versus being and being is simply who you are right so when you want to be a intelligent person or a fit person or someone with integrity you don't just have it and you don't just do it in your life in order to be it if you want to become it you just have to literally step into it which is I think kind of what Elia was um, nudging me about is like you don't think about it too much you don't you don't think about how to get it you don't think about how to get love you just be it so I guess he does have a point in that right in that it's not something you strategize to work towards it's literally just suddenly you go I want to be a person of love and someone with an abundance of love you think about it you I guess ponder on it but then you just start to become it you just show up as that person it's not something you have to you know train towards we know what love is we know what love feels like we know what it's like to love a parent or love a family member or love a friend 
Now, you show up like that every single day in all of your interactions. I, that's how I interpret it. So, I'll leave you with one last piece to ponder on is this statement in uh, the book Letting Go on page 118. What we hold in our mind tends to manifest. I will repeat that. What we hold in our mind tends to manifest. In other words, as many of us know, our mind is fucking powerful. And we control and dictate a lot of our reality simply within our mind. Because what we perceive is reality. And our perception comes from our mind. Meaning, whatever we are thinking and consuming within our mind, we manifest that within our energy. And others will feel our energy. And or, whatever you want to call it, your vibe, your frequency, your aura, your wavelength. And at the same time, that energy you put out attracts similar energy. And it's based on what you manifested in your mind. So, if you find or believe that you are not around similar energy that you want to be around, well, the first place to start is how you're thinking and what you're thinking about and what you're putting into your mind because you have to shift that. And essentially, you have to start to be and become and just literally be a person full of love, be a person full of joy. And you say that every single day, you do it every single day, you activate it every single day. And it just becomes who you are. You just are that. Like Emily is love, right? Same thing as like Jesus is love or my best friend Avery is love or Avery is joy. And so all of that, whatever you think within your mind, you manifest outwards and others feel that. And if you want to change the type of people you surround yourself with, you have to start from within and you have to start from what you're manifesting within your mind. And that is all for today's solo episode. As always, I hope this brought some value to you and made you think outside of the box. And if it did, please be sure to share this with a friend you think could use this message or even better, share it on your Instagram story and tag the podcast Instagram at what fulfills you and myself at Emily E. Duong because I do love seeing who tunes in. And feel free to DM me if you have any thoughts or feedback or just anything that you want to share with me. I'm always open in the DMs. So please feel free to DM me on Instagram. That is all for today. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I will chat with you all in the next episode. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. If tomorrow was your last day, would you feel as though you have maximized your potential? How would you describe your perfect day with no limitations? 
how can you work towards achieving something as close to this, if not exactly that? And what is your dream life? Where is it? Who's there with you? And what does your Saturday look like versus a Monday? These are some of my favorite questions from the What Fulfills You card game. And I created this card game with the intention to help you on your journey of personal growth, as actually all of these questions in this card game are questions that helped me in my own personal growth journey in my 20s. But even more than that, these questions help cultivate more purposeful and meaningful conversations, whether it's with your colleagues, your close friends, or date night. I love to play this on a night in with a few glasses of wine, or now that it is spring and summer season, I think it's just so fun to bring this with you when you're hanging out at the park, especially for my fellow New Yorkers who like to hang out in Central Park, have a cheese board, and just have some deep conversations. You can shop the card game online at whatfulfillsyou.com and since you are a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! Enjoy! 